How's everybody doing? This is Louie from Asia Central and AllTheMoms.com doing another I'm Your Father podcast. It's a podcast I try to do every week on parenting, uh, general parenting, fatherhood issues, and you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and um, SoundCloud. You can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, pretty much just Louis Villalobos for all of those things. I tend to be pretty active on Twitter, on uh, Snapchat and Inst- on Twitter, I'm sorry, and I want to be more active on Instagram. I just kind of honestly get into a lull. Today, though, today's podcast is going to be a little bit uh, more personal than I've done more recently. So when I started doing my blog for Asia Central, my podcast, I, I did focus a lot on my son, you know? And after a while, you kind of run out of stuff, you know, like that. So I I decided to broaden myself out a little bit and just talk in general parenting stuff. And I feel like that's more of my comfort zone. But this one today is going to be super personal. So I want to warn you guys ahead of time. It's going to be super personal. And I want to thank you for listening. And if you make it all the way through, then cool. April happens to be Autism Awareness Month. Everybody around the globe, generally, who cares about these kinds of things, celebrates Autism Awareness. Um, I will tell you that I tend to focus more on Autism Acceptance Month because that's generally what autistic adults, autistic people, autistic advocates, autistic allies tend to really prefer in that acceptance is a far more useful word than awareness, right? I mean, people are aware autism exists. We need some help for autistic people to be accepted, for them to be accepted a little bit more and for them to get some more accommodations and to make it easier to kind of, you know, just be themselves and not worry too much about not being accepted, which is a bad thing. That's a very simple way of, ex- of describing a difference, but that's not what this podcast is about. So this podcast will be a rarity for me. It'll be speaking directly to parents or loved ones or family members or friends of autistic people. And it makes me a little bit uncomfortable because one of the things I believe firmly in is that whenever you're talking about autism, whenever you're talking about autistic people, you're better off, you're better served, and your reports, your your information, your opinion is better informed by talking to autistic people. If you want to know about something, you go talk to the people doing, living around that something. It's just a basic tenement of journalism. If we're going to write about NASCAR fans, for instance, we go talk to talk to NASCAR fans. If we're going to write about, um, you know, minorities in some sort, we're going to write, write about something that impacts a certain group. You go talk to people in that group. It's very basic. And for some reason, autistic people haven't quite met that threshold of compassion and that threshold of respectability in the media. And I don't quite understand it. Um, Autism Awareness Month, Autism Acceptance Month is a really big, shining example of that. Go search Autism Awareness Month and look at all the articles you'll find, all the blog posts, all the journalist articles you'll find talking to people uh, who aren't autistic, talking to parents, talking to so-called experts, and it's kind of frustrating. So I get that all out of the way as an apology for what this podcast will be about. Uh, Also, as a side note, my blog with this is entirely from the voice of an autistic person. I spent some time with him. Um, talking to him about how I can raise my son to be a self-advocate, how I can raise my autistic son to fight for him for his accommodations, to know what he's entitled to by law, through education, especially through school, and how he can I can raise him to be accepting of himself before he expects others to be accepting of him. So that's a cool thing, and that's entirely from the voice and with the help of an autistic person. I'm also trying to get a friend of mine who's autistic here um, that I met 
to do a video for me. He does YouTube videos. I'm trying to get him to do a video for me so that I can add an autistic voice to this whole package. So this podcast is meant to be a part of the overall autism acceptance package that does include autistic voices. But this podcast is meant specifically for family members and parents of autistic people. And quite simply, it's some advice that I have for you. Some things to think about as you go on through your life. And more important, and honestly, it's more for people who just got the diagnosis or for people who are relatively new to the idea of a family member being autistic or a loved one or a child being autistic. And I got the idea from a, a guy I talked to who's doing an education project on for university on this kind of thing, on the topic of autism and treatment. And he asked me what what advice would I give to parents of autistic children? And it's not something I really thought a lot about. It's not something I've ever written about. I've never written that headline, you know, what advice I have for our parents of autistic children, <clears throat> because the idea has always seemed quite basic to me. Um, but as I thought about the question and I answered it, I realized that maybe there's something there and maybe I can help, hopefully, and maybe I can contribute to the conversation with the understanding that this is part of an overall package that absolutely includes cherishes and values autistic voices but for this podcast this is for the parents as a matter of background my son got diagnosed with autism uh, or as autistic when he was two which is a pretty common thing two is is, a, is about as early as you can do it with any kind of authority there's tons of developments and tons of research to get earlier uh you know detected a little earlier and that's good right early early diagnosis is good so we when we were two he was two we got the diagnosis and we we kind of spotted it. We realized something was going on because his speech was delayed. I mean, that was for me, that was the clear indication that something was going on, that he was speech delayed a little bit. And because he's a boy, doctors and, and, and research will tell you that boys develop slower than, than girls, generally speaking, with those kinds of things. So girls tend to talk sooner and tend to be a little more um, developed in their talking, a little more complex with what they say, you know. Boys, apparently, <laughs> which makes sense. Boys apparently take a little bit longer. <laughs> that's that's true through life, by the way. We always seem to be a little bit behind the curve when it, when in, in comparison to girls and women. But so boys develop later. So our doctor said, his doctor said, oh, you know, it, it's just a little later developing. And then we noticed he's, his play was a little different. So he would line, you know, blocks up like Lego blocks or whatever. He would line them up. He would occasionally stack them, but that wasn't his default play with them. He would line them up. He was infatuated with numbers and the alphabet. He knew the alphabet before he was two. And we know this because there's video of him responding to apps that ask him what this letter is. And he would get it right pretty much every time. And he would quiz us a lot. He would hold up a letter from a puzzle or something and ask us and kind of hold it up in his way, asking us what it is. We would say it and he'd put it down. And if we got it wrong, he would keep it held up and look at us like we're the dumbest people in the world. Uh, because we tried it a couple times. We got it wrong on purpose to see what he would do. And he just kind of kept looking at us. It was awesome. He like totally knew we were stupid. So there was a kind of little signs, how he played, how he interacted with others. And then honestly, for me, the big one was he just was a little bit speech delayed. He had no words. And so we got some early intervention from the state. The state came in and gave us a therapist who we, you know, we really liked her. She was really cool. And she suggested we go speak to a, a, a professional, a child psychologist, I believe is, is the term. I might have gotten that wrong. And that's the person, the professional, the child psychologist that we spoke with is the one who diagnosed him as autistic. And again, I'm sorry if it's not the actual child psychologist that does the diagnosis. I just always forget what that person's job was. She's the one who gave us a diagnosis of autism. 
And she did it after watching him play and, and watching him kind of interact, asking us some questions. And and I remember leaving that facility just kind of in a daze. Um, and, and I remember looking back now, I can't really explain why I was in a daze about it. I can't explain why it was it was so jarring to me to hear that my son was autistic. And, and I think I know now because the word, the term, the neurological condition of autism or disorder of autism is so stigmatized. It's such a like, it's such a bad word for lack of a better term in society, right? When you hear somebody is autistic, your first thought is to go, aw, and to feel some sense of pity for the person involved. And that somehow had creeped into my psyche without really meaning to it. Like I hadn't prior to that done any research on autism. I hadn't really looked at what autism is and how it's perceived. It's, it's so per, it's so, it's so like embedded in society that to hear my son was autistic immediately was a kind of punch in the gut. And I remember at the moment, uh, you know, a day or so later, it took me a while to kind of wrap my brain around it. And I started to research about it. And my wife, to her credit, was always where where we are now. She was always that way. Where where I'm going to tell you we are now is where my wife always was. Um, and thank God for that. So it took me a, a while to figure this out. And then I started to realize one simple, simple thing. It's a simple concept. And this is my first advice to parents. The son, the little boy... The cute little boy, smart, intelligent, funny, mischievous, fearless little boy that we took into that professional's office before the diagnosis was exactly the same little boy that we brought out. Nothing changed in him. Nothing was different in my son. Nothing was triggered. Nothing was new to who he was, to how he played, to how he interacted. None of it was different what was different was that now we know why the diagnosis is quite literally a why to the question of who my son is it's nothing more than that it's a why so my son wasn't different going in and coming out he was the same he was still the same little badass he was still the same cool little kid who knew his alphabet front and back who knew the numbers up to about a hundred we think and who shortly, short, sh shortly, shortly after that diagnosis, we realized he could read. He was still the same little kid that he is right now. Same. The diagnosis changed nothing in my son. Nothing at all. What it did change was now we know why he is what he was. Now we know why he's a little bit de uh, delayed in speech. Now we know why he plays a little bit different from other kids. And now, more importantly than anything else... Now we have something to use to get help. So the first advice I have for parents is that your child is the same. He is this, he or she is the same child. If you, as an older parent, if your child gets, and your children, your children, your child, whatever, if they get a diagnosis later in life, that person is still the same. Nothing changes with who they are to their core. Nothing changes with who they are in their heart, what their brain is. None of that is different now. None of it. They're the same person. And to me, that was eye-opening. To me, it was eye-opening. To me, that diagnosis of autism wasn't necessarily a switch that made my son quote-unquote autistic. It was an explanation to why my son was how he was. Which leads me to my second piece of advice. The diagnosis that you get, the diagnosis that your child gets, the diagnosis that your friend, your family member, your loved one, the diagnosis of the person in your life who is autistic that diagnosis is a weapon. It's an absolute weapon. It's a sword and a shield 
for parents to use to demand they get the help that is required to demand that their child that their that their loved one that whoever it is in their life they're trying to help get accommodations and get what is the that supreme court affirmed requirements are there for your child now and it happens fast after the diagnosis while that diagnosis does absolutely has no impact on who your person is on who your loved one is as far as what they were before they're the same person right it has an absolute impact on what now this person has available to them on what you as a family have available to you as soon as we got the diagnosis the state helper state therapist said cool boom fast track the school right next to us happened to have a preschool program built for and designed for quote unquote special needs kids we went with that diagnosis he got in immediately there was no qualifying needed they did a test they did some some observation to see kind of where he was developmentally but he was in as soon as we got the diagnosis the diagnosis then with the state weaponized us to go and say we need more than what you're providing for the short time you're now available to provide it so they did they helped us a little bit more going forward in school that diagnosis meant and now he's required to have an IEP individualized educational program I believe and now he's required to have an IEP that is awesome what that what an IEP does is an IEP now means we can go and sit with the school and say what are his goals what are the goals that he needs to meet and how do we go about meeting them what the diagnosis did was put him immediately under federal law that mandates the amount of, of work, the amount of effort the schools need to give, the amount of accommodations the schools are required to give to quote unquote special needs kids. It immediately put my son in that category. It meant that now the school has to help him. And now the school has to do certain things that they wouldn't have without that diagnosis. So my second piece of advice is this diagnosis that you get. In some cases, maybe you just got it. This diagnosis is now your shield to protect your child. And now is something you can use to demand things that the law mandates have to happen. This is regardless of where you are. The feds are trying, they're trying to kind of soften this up a little bit, but they can't because the Supreme Court just said, nope, this still has to be a thing. So use that diagnosis, make them give you resources, make them say, this is what has to happen now because of this. It's a powerful, powerful thing. I cannot tell you how just amazed I was at what that, what the doors of that opened up. It's, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. He's been great in school. He's been developing so much for speech. He's, it's just been a great thing to have that diagnosis. It's so calming and it gives you so much power and so much empowerment to your child that now you can offer. This is why, this is what's going on. This is who you are. And this is how we're going to go about getting you the help you, you need to get and the help that is by law required to give. Now, the third piece of advice is this something I've learned. It's something I've picked up along the way, being a journalist, having writing parenting blogs and my, my nature, my wife's nature for sure is to research, to look up stuff, to get information uh, as much as you can, information from all over the place. And it comes from, and it ties to also the question that I was asked as part of that project from the, the, the person who was doing an autism, autism thing. He asked me where, what resources do I look to? What resources do I suggest? people autistic people and autistic parents of autistic people go to and search for and what have i found to be helpful the first thing i said was autistic people i have found autistic people on social media for instance on facebook and on twitter to be incredibly helpful to be incredibly giving 
of their of their thoughts, incredibly giving of their time, of their story, of themselves. To get somebody to talk about who they are in their core, whatever challenges they may have faced, whatever successes they may have had is a very personal thing. It's been amazing. It's been relatively easy to find people to tell me about this and talk to me about this. And the blog that I'm writing that'll come with this podcast is a guy who told me his whole life story, like from kindergarten and preschool to right now. And I believe he's 37 and told me everything about himself and, and his kind of experience through life and getting that diagnosis late in life and how that kind of just, you know, explained everything. And I have found him and people like him to be an incredible resource for my son to be an incredible resource for how I go about thinking about my son and helping to raise my son and teach my son and, and help my son kind of get through life, which is all parents do. All parents do, regardless of anything else, is help their kids get through life. And to have people who've experienced what your son, your child is going to experience is an amazing thing. It's so helpful. I don't have to guess about what this means. I don't have to, as a parent, try to, who's not autistic, I don't have to, you know, try to figure out a way to relate to it. I can just go ask people who are autistic. What do you think about this? Why is this going on? What can I do to help my son? And it's incredibly useful. It's so useful. And, and it's exactly what I want my son to do when he gets older. It's exactly the kind of person I want my son to be as he grows up. As part of my blog and part of my podcast is the idea of how do I empower him? How do we raise him to be an advocate for himself, to be an advocate for autistic people? How does that happen? The answer is I go ask people who are already doing it. Parents of autistic people are obviously a voice. There can be a resource. But autistic people themselves are the experts. They're the real life experts of what it means to be autistic, of what autism is, of what it means every day, of what it means to be who you are. It's it's a very basic premise, but it still seems to be one that hasn't quite resonated yet. If you want to know about what your child might be going through, if you want to know about what it's like to be your child, don't ask another parent. Ask an autistic person. And the spectrum is so wide, it, it wouldn't be, it's not that hard to find an autistic person who had the same kinds of experiences as your child is having. This person I spoke to, Doug, his first three or four years have, are exactly what my son's four, first four years have been. I'm, I mean, almost exactly. And it's easy enough to find people who can talk with some authority about what it is like to do what your child is doing, to be what your child is being, because autistic children grow up to be autistic adults. So there you have it three pieces of advice for you. You know what? I'm going to go with four. I just had a moment. We're going to go with four. We're going with four pieces of advice. And I want you guys to listen to this fourth one pretty closely. And it's, (laughs) I feel like all these things are pretty simple, but it's hard for sometimes parents to wrap your brain around these kinds of things. And this one gets to the core of that. My last piece of advice gets to the core of what it is challenging of being a parent regardless of what your child is regardless if your child is neurotypical or autistic the idea and the absolute truth that behavior is communication my son just now four years old has gotten very vocal super vocal i mean he's just crazy vocal he's not you know conversational he's not going to sit there and tell you about his day but he will like vocalize what's going on kind of in the moment, right? So if he's playing Minecraft or something, he'll tell you in his way what's going on with Minecraft. If he's playing a toy, 
he'll sing a song that he likes. He's very vocal now. It's cool to hear his voice. It wasn't always the case. I would say for the first three years of his life, probably, he was not vocal at all. And in some cases, you know, very minimal with, with vocal noise and can communicate. Though he always could communicate what he wanted, it would sometimes be a struggle for us to figure out what actually he was trying to tell us. And whenever we couldn't figure it out, his only recourse was to act out. His only recourse, when he couldn't, because he couldn't vocalize it, and when he couldn't demonstrate it, when he couldn't emote to tell us what it is that he wants, and we couldn't figure it out, his last ditch effort, the last thing he could do was act out, was misbehave, for lack of a better word. He never quite threw massive tantrums, but he threw them enough to know that that was going to be a problem. He, he would do things, and you would know, okay, that's he's, he's, he's acting out, and it means he wants something. Where if you're at a grocery store or you have a visitor coming in and your child acts out, well, that's just a bad kid. Your kid's misbehaving, right? That's that's what you're supposed to believe. That's what you're conditioned to believe, that a child who's doing something wrong in public is clearly misbehaving. And I'm telling you, that's not always the case. And that's the trick. The trick for parents is to know when your child is just being a little jerk and when is your child actually trying to tell you something. And with our son... We learned very quickly and early on through our own research and through hearing other autistic people say it or write it or tweet it that my son's behavior was communication. And he was trying to tell us something was wrong. He wanted something and he was frustrated that we couldn't figure out quite what it was. So it made us really pay attention to his habits, to his to his mannerisms, to when he does stuff. And we got really good at figuring out what it is he was trying to tell us until now where he's reached a point where he can actually better tell us. So his behavior by society standards got a little bit better when we were able to figure out what he was trying to tell us. And now that he's able to be a little more vocal and he is being a little more vocal, his behavior has significantly got better. Um, and it was a lesson that we had to learn. And I'm telling you guys, behavior is communication. And that's true of everybody. That's true as you get older. That's true in life. If you see a coworker who's having a bad day and they lash out at you where normally they wouldn't, right? If it goes against their character, the normal, they're having a bad day. That's what's happening there. If somebody gets in a car accident and they come out and they're freaking out at you, they're freaking out because they just had a car accident. Like people's behavior is communication. And for autistic children who don't communicate vocally and who can't yet communicate um, through written word, their behavior is what tells you something is going on good or bad my son flaps his hands he has he has happy hands he'll flap them when, he's, when he loves something when something's really cool right and he's having fun the ducks or he's making us laugh he'll kind of flap his hands and that's how you know he's, he enjoys himself something's going on that's good and that he likes it um he'll sing he'll do things to tell you he likes what's happening he's having a good time and he will for sure do things and he used to do them more to tell you that he's having a bad time and that something's wrong so the last little piece of advice before i, I kind of go to back to work is that I can tell you that your child's behavior is communication entirely telling you something is wrong or you need to do better at figuring out what is going on what it's not all the time sometimes it is it's just acting out and being a bad kid and if you respond that way you set the precedent and you make it worse we learned that if we if I respond to my son you know acting out with anger that only exasperates the situation and I believe that's true in all cases, but it is for sure true when a child is trying to communicate to you in the only way they know how, and that is by doing something to get your attention, doing something to get your get your mind to focus on what it is you're trying to say. And if you respond to that with anger, it's going to go bad. So 
please, if your son and your, your daughter, or if you have a loved one or a child who's autistic and they don't communicate verbally and they may not be able to communicate entirely with given the situation through the written word, if they're acting out in some way, know that it's more than likely communication. And if you're not sure, treat it that way. Try to figure out that way what's going on and what can you do to help. And then more importantly, study patterns, study how they act, study how they're doing, study how they play, what time do they play with things, how do they normally play with stuff, and then what they play with, how does that normally function? Because one of the things my son used to get frustrated with was something would break, and he couldn't quite tell us that it's broken. He He does now, but he couldn't before. So we had to know how it was supposed to work, you know, best case scenario. So then we would know it was broken or something was wrong. Batteries need replacing a lot. And he couldn't tell you that. He couldn't tell you it was broken. He was just pissed that it wasn't working. So we had to always have batteries on hand. Little things. You can do little things to accommodate your son and your daughter. And if you can't do that, then the world isn't going to either. Like if, if your child doesn't get accommodations from you and if I can't accommodate my son with those little things, there's no way with a straight face I can go to the school and say, you have to accommodate him with these little things. So that was a side tangent, but behavior is communication. Remember that. So today, today we're talking about, today we talked about autism acceptance. And today I told you about what it's like for parents a little bit. And but more importantly, I hope I helped parents think about their children in a way that society won't, in a way that society says is wrong. Society doesn't want us, in a lot of cases, to accept our children as just being our children. Society doesn't want us to believe that the diagnosis of autism changes nothing in who your child is. Society doesn't always want you to believe that your son, your daughter acting out in public is just a way for them to communicate to you. And I can tell you for sure that society and most news outlets and most media coverage of, of autism and autism acceptance doesn't want you to realize that autistic voices are the experts, that autistic voices are what we need to be going after if we really want to write about autism. Hope you guys are doing well appreciate the listens i appreciate the views and i for sure appreciate the follows and interactions on social media a lot of you tend to be active on twitter that's awesome and i can tell you that i'm going to try to do a podcast now post it regularly every friday so if you're on itunes stitcher google play look for the podcast i am your father every friday um if you're not if you just want to be more in the loop then just follow me on twitter i always tweet it out um hope you guys are doing really well i'm gonna let you go i've been talking for a really long time and i do actually have to get back to work so thanks for everything guys Oh, I got a little bonus ending for you guys that I totally forgot about. I'm literally adding, adding this like days after I did my actual podcast. Really quickly, here's my son singing the Golden Girls theme song because Golden Girls theme song is literally the best theme song. See you guys. Bye. Ha, 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 ha.